Garçon, coffee. Welcome to the Coffee and Death Sticks podcast. I'm Kevin Romani. And I am Danny Marchant. And hashtag the Snyder Cut has been released. And it's a day that Danny and I have been both dreading and looking forward to for ever since I guess there was any idea of a Snyder Cut existing. It's very exciting for, for both people like us who are enjoy some of these Zack Snyder films on a different level than his uh, diehard fans. So, um, yeah, this is this was in a way our most anticipated movie of 2021, and we're going to be discussing if it lived up to those expectations or disappointed us, or you know, basically what what our thoughts were. I don't know what disappointment is when the movie you're anticipating you're expecting to be terrible. So, um, yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting one. We've we've done a pretty good job of not talking about what we felt though it's yes. kind of hard to avoid it because we both know how we feel about man of steel batman v superman and the 2017 justice league so let's try to leave for now at least all of that aside and walk me through your viewing experience of the four hour Zack snyder justice league um i watched it on saturday i had to split it into two uh, halves. I misread, I should preface this with, I misunderstood and thought the movie was split into four parts, not six parts. So when it got to the end of part three and, <laughs> and there were two hours left, I was very, very confused. I was like, okay, but it seemed like a natural stopping point. Like if this was an old Hollywood epic, this is where the intermission would be at the end of part three. So I stopped there uh, that was in the morning, so from like 8 to 10. And then I finished the movie that night. Um, and that's when I realized, oh, okay, there's two There's there's two more parts. Okay, there's three more parts. Okay, fine, fine, fine. So yeah, I, had to, I definitely had to split up the viewing experience, which I will say is not typical for me. I'm, I can sit through very long movies. Um, and if I take a break, it's like a 10-minute break. It's an intermission. It's not, I will come back to this tonight. So... Um, yeah, that was a little unusual for me. I'm one of the all-time great sitters. I I can also sit for many an hour watching all kinds of shows and movies. I paused five times during this. I started the movie drinking coffee. I ended it drinking beer. <laughs> and I had a very, very difficult time making my way through this. I would say... I hated the first two hours of it. I absolutely hated the first two hours of it. It was Zack Snyder at his worst. I, I think Zack Snyder is, um, he seems like he's a decent man, but he had a false mandate with this recreation of this film where a word that I keep seeing is vindication that, that this movie vindicated that he had this epic vision of a trilogy of for all of these characters and that Man of Steel and Batman v Superman were building up to this epic conclusion. That is a bunch of horseshit. <laughs> this movie was so, so profoundly terrible. I, I cannot believe how bad it is, and I cannot believe the reception it's getting 
And it's making me concerned at our short-term memory loss as a collective. I am not surprised at the reception it's getting. Um, And I hated it. So uh, (laughs) the first two hours of this movie are lots of slow motion, lots of bombastic uh, Tom Holkenberg, Junkie XL music, um, big sweeping shots that don't, actually mean anything it's just a big sweeping shot with a lot of music and i watch those scenes and i know the people who love this style are like this is this has instantly put them at ease the opening of this movie if you are we're waiting for this in a not in an unironic way i'm sure the opening that that lawn superman's spoilers we should say spoilers we should say spoilers I would think that anyone's listening to this is probably familiar with at least the 2017 version, which yeah. is basically still the same movie. It's the same plot. It is the same plot. Sh- shockingly, that, yeah. that it's still the same movie, but it's still the same movie. But still, spoilers for anyone who has not seen either the 2017 version or the, especially the Snyder Cut. Yeah. And this is a spoiler for Batman v Superman, but that's from a while ago. Uh, the film opens with Superman's death at the end of Batman v Superman and his cry of pain and agony uh, reverberates across the world. And at that moment, I was, I audibly said, Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) And I knew (laughs) that, but at the same time, I knew that for another type of person, they were like, excellent. Like they were like this, it Mm -hmm. already was what they were hoping it would be a big uh, quote unquote, dark and mature uh, approach to Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. And it just kind of, the whole movie felt like that opening scene, just an endless wave of a cry of pain that just wasn't stopping. And when it finally did stop, and the whole point of that sequence was his cry of pain awakens one of the mother boxes. And it's like, for, for that, like that's 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 why we started with this, uh, and then the credits go on. It's like it's just it's brutal. It's brutal. I want to yeah. say the credits are. I think the credits are about like they feel twenty minutes long. They were. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I they're a good five to ten minutes long. I would say, and eight they're minutes very much credits. Eight minutes. Eight minutes. Oh, did you take notes? I took notes. Eight minutes of oh, credits. And we both took notes. There's that, I, that would have been a good one to take. Yeah, that lawn sweeping shot of the glacier and the Icelandic oh, landscape, which doesn't add anything to the story at all. There's no difference between Batman just being on a cliff in the 2017 version and Batman riding to bombastic music in this version, um, to the point where when it reached the final credit, directed by Zack Snyder, I again out loud said, Oh, I know (laughs) that's been made abundantly clear. I bet you could show these credits, remove Zack Snyder's name and ask the person who directed this film. And they would say, if they're like a big film buff, they'd say, Oh, Zack Snyder directed this movie, like hands down. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just kind of got worse from there. For sure. I will get to this. I will allow that. I actually, thought the second half was somewhat enjoyable and improved in some areas for the 2017 cut. Uh, But it seems like it's a universal acceptance that this is a better film than the 2017 cut, 
I would take the 2017 theatrical cut. And this shouldn't be a difficult comparison because they're they're the same movie. They essentially have the same plot, uh, but they are so hard to compare in a way because they both fail in different ways. But 2017, the theatrical cut wins for no other reason than it was a merciful hour and 50 minute death versus this was like bleeding out alone for hours with no one there to support you. And you're just watching the world go by. I have to say, I prefer that version ultimately, even though I do think this improved in some areas. So for, for me, I think the biggest problem with this movie is that it still is not an actual sequel to the two movies that came before it. It is a soft reboot as a third film in a trilogy. Yeah, the idea that this is the missing piece to uh, Zack Snyder's vision for these characters is, I mean, I, I do know that he had a whole different idea before Man of Steel came out to its sort of disappointing reviews. But I think the idea that this third movie would make the first two movies make sense, it doesn't. It's just the characters are different in this movie because now it's like for, for no reason. It's just they're different in this movie, but it's not earned. Um, it's just kind of discussed. And I think that's sort of, I mean, that's Zack Snyder in a nutshell. There's just no substance to any of this stuff. It's just like visual spectacle and the appearance of like epic drama or meaningful um emotion it's it's the appearance of all that now i know that there are people out there that they it does move them and i think that's great like i'm i'm happy for the people who watch this and were like awesome i'm so glad i hated the 2017 one it was awesome to watch this one um but i agree with you it is very strange to see how critics are sort of widely agreeing well this one's better and in some cases not just saying oh it's better but still bad um, better and now a good movie, mm-hmm. like a, a sort of like a Blade Runner situation. Like, oh, it's a mm-hmm. great movie. We just didn't know. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's it's just a different kind of bad, like you said. It's the difference between a dumb action movie and Heaven's Gate. You know, it's the difference between yeah. 2017 is just this like slap together bland blockbuster that was like second guessed into existence, and this one is like just a long indulgent trip through all the things that Zack Snyder thinks are cool or look cool or seem cool. And it's just stretched out just as the 2017 felt like a four hour movie stuffed into a two hour movie. And this one feels like a two hour movie stretched across four hours. And that's, it's just, it's, they're both bad, but I would also, I would also take the 2017 version because it's just stupid. Yeah, it's just stupid in it, but it's you're it's over pretty quickly. And you can see changes that Joss Whedon tried to make uh, by getting rid of so much of this nonsense that's in this movie. So to quickly give like just a recap of both the series, I guess, and the two different cuts. So, you know, you have uh, DC finally, DC or Warner Brothers, I should say, 
had access to these characters for decades. They had the entire DC catalog and they never really saw value in anyone other than Batman and occasionally Superman. Mm -hmm. And they then see all the success that Marvel and Disney had. And they said, Oh shit, we have this, we have our own catalog of characters. Maybe we should do the, you know, do the same thing. And, you know, they tried to get Christopher Nolan to shepherd this thing, but he sort of kind of hackneyed came up with the idea for man of steel, but then selected Zack Snyder. And at the time, I don't know how you felt. I thought, okay, he, you know, he did a nice job with 300 and Watchmen, and, you know, he has his own style, but he, he'll adapt to like, you know, what a superhero movie traditionally should look like. And then when Man of Steel came out, it was so shocking to see that he still had his horrible aesthetic that, you know, worked for 300, but does not work for a Superman movie. And doubled down with it with Batman v Superman that was just reviled by everyone who saw it. And, you know, as we we alluded to earlier, the problem with both of those movies is they had just such a dour tone and almost positioned Superman as a very unlikable, questionably ethical individual. A monster. Yeah, a monster. Man of Steel is a Hulk movie. As it's joked about, the the, uh, monument that you see in Justice League, it's like, oh, are those all the people that Superman (laughs) murdered? (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) You then cut to Justice League, which spoiler alert again, Superman dies, as Danny said, at the end of Batman v Superman, you know, quote unquote, sacrifices himself, whatever, for humanity, killing Doomsday. And the shot is framed like a Pieta, Kevin, because Zack Snyder is a visionary director. And these images have meanings. And I don't know if you caught this in Batman v Superman or Man of Steel, but Superman may be a Christ figure. It's you have, no to, you, have way. To look, you have to look for it. Um, it's not it's not like spelled out. It's just implied very subtly. And his yeah. Batman and Wonder Woman lowering him from Doomsday. That's a little hint. Yeah, but you have to be like on that level to understand it. Folks, there was this I scene. cannot stress how terrible this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> there was a scene in Man of Steel where Superman went to a Catholic church. And the priest said to him, you're 33 years old. And I didn't see any coincidence with that at all as sort of some sort of Christ-like Messiah figure. I thought that was just purely coincidence. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there wasn't a scene in this new version where Superman is in the sky and has his arms extended like Christ on the cross. That scene didn't exist either. No, no, no. Because that would be that would be insulting to just kind of... <laughs> hammer at home especially when you consider the men who created superman were jewish and were very consciously borrowing from the story of moses it'd be kind of insensitive to turn him into jesus um because that's like not at all what he's supposed to be but fortunately they didn't it's open for interpretation (laughs) because Zack snyder is a visionary filmmaker yes so both the 2017 version of justice league and this one both retcon the idea of Superman. And that is, for me, the fundamental flaw of either version of the film. It's, no, I'm sorry, Superman was around for like a year, something like that. He, half of that time, caused mass destruction. Uh, There's a scene in Batman v Superman where he's on trial 
You know, so there, there's all these ideas about questioning. The whole purpose of Batman v Superman is Batman questioning, you know, sh- should this guy be around? And actually, if there is a 1% chance that he's evil, that means there's a 100% certainty that he is. Yes. Yeah. Superman is a is a kind of inhuman god who does not think really about how to use his powers responsibly. And Batman's just a fascist. So welcome kids to Batman v Superman. It's just a fascist versus versus a monster. And you just, I think that's why people respond to Wonder Woman because she comes into that movie and you're like, oh, a superhero. It's so nice to see a superhero. And that continues into this movie uh, for sure. Yeah, you spend two hours rooting for a fascist. Yeah, in in your superhero film about three of the most beloved, arguably the three most yeah. beloved characters. Yeah. Like I would take those three characters over any of the Marvel superheroes. I agree, and it's it's true because of the way the movie is presented. You you are on Batman's side, so yes, you are put in the position of sympathizing with the obscenely wealthy fascist that just wants to kill Superman. He's the because good guy. <laughs> he's the good guy, and I think Zack Snyder either a doesn't understand Superman or B secretly hates Superman. Cause that's the only way I can rationalize how those first two films were created. Like he really, his aesthetic is more suited for Batman. Yes. And you know, so it's, it's almost like, Oh, maybe if I get into the, the man of, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it's such a mess, but I, I wonder if, you know, he secretly just wanted to get to those characters and was just so bored by the idea of Superman that he had to, you know, make the character so dour and pessimistic and cynical instead of being, you know, just the epitome of hope and optimism that he should be. So when you watch this movie, if you, you have to pretend you didn't see Man of Steel or Batman v Superman for it to work. And for it to work, you also have to pretend basically like it's a direct sequel to like Superman 2. I was thinking the same thing, but not not consciously about this one, but about the 2017 version. I was watching, mm. when I first watched that, uh, the Justice League, which is a very, I do think that's funny that the fans came up with that. That is, that is objectively hilarious. Um, I remember thinking like, this movie works if you're a little kid who has grown up with Michael Keaton's Batman and Christopher Reeve's Superman. And now you're watching this and maybe you've watched the cartoon, like the animated series. It works. It does not work as uh, a sequel to the first two. And I didn't really think of that. I actually, maybe this is a point where we disagree. I did. I did feel like this was part of the first two. This felt like the third chapter. It just felt like a very uh, clumsy third chapter. Like it wasn't, it wasn't the, the moment where it all clicked for me, um, I was like, oh, it just keeps getting worse. But it definitely did feel like us. I thought that it felt like a sequel uh, to those first two. But there is still that Superman problem. Both versions do rely on you pretending that Superman was a very different character and viewed very differently in the first two movies. Right. And they, and they have to like, Get you, the the movie tries to trick you into thinking that by so many comments like Flash saying he was my hero and you know uh, I, I got, there's multiple different scenes where they well, talk about his how, city wasn't destroyed by him so from afar <laughs> Superman is very heroic but if you live in Metropolis I don't really know how you feel about him 
So, so that's one of my big issues with the film is still exactly it has a Superman problem. Uh, and then I think the two others, the, the biggest, biggest issues, then I, I do want to talk about the first half again in a bit more detail, but the first is still the villain. Um, another thing I'm seeing is, and I, this, I know we've, we've, we did talk about this earlier when they first revealed the new look for Steppenwolf. So Steppenwolf is the villain in this film. He is a very bland one dimensional villain, both in visual scheme and in just his background, his character. So they sort of kind of a little bit improve on his character, I guess, very nominally. But the visual is the same. He His outfit is, has spikes on it. He's otherwise the same look. The CGI looks better. That's it. The idea that he just he's bigger and sharper and harder to understand in the Zack mm-hmm. Snyder version. One thing the the animation in this just uh, the the twenty seventeen one is he looks awful. He does look like a video game villain. But there is something I noticed that a lot of there was a lot of little lines in the twenty seventeen one that made me kind of go, huh, which. I can't say that about the previous two movies and those were not in this film. So those are obviously, um, those are obviously Joss Whedon's contributions. And you and I are both aware of the difference in personality and the apparent difference in personality and moral character of these two directors, but we are just focused on their creative decisions. That's the difference we want to talk about. Um, we don't want to get into, we don't want to get into the other thing. Um, (laughs) that's a different podcast. So, Mm -hmm. There is a line in the 2017 uh, Justice League where Steppenwolf is uh, threatening people who are uh, know about the mother boxes. And he tells one, what one of the people tells him, please, we have families. And Steppenwolf says, why does everyone on this planet keep telling me that? I love that line. He, it's the one hint. I'm like, oh, if that'd be, that's a fun villain. Mm-hmm. The conquering alien tyrant who isn't so much scornful of humans he just doesn't get them why are they always whining why do they seem so why do they seem so afraid that's none of that in Zack Snyder's version he is a he is a demonic uh, badass warrior no humor no quips he he takes no pleasure in what he's doing he's doing it because he's in trouble with Darkseid who of course also has no character but look it's Darkseid and mm-hmm. that's the that's why he's in there. So I am baffled by the fact that he visually looks better. He does not. The CGI looks better. Um, that's and, it. And, and like by a little bit. It's an improvement, but not, I mean, given that they had much more time. I mean, like you said, the 2017 version looked so bad that people even questioned, like, was that supposed to be Steppenwolf or was it going to be Darkseid? So then when you see the trailer for this, it's like, oh, it was it was always meant to be Steppenwolf. And he looks essentially the same. Uh, yeah, slight improvements. The only difference seems to be that in the 2017 one, there's the flashback scene to when um, the mother boxes were split apart by the humans, the Atlanteans, and the Amazons. And in that flashback scene in a 2017 film, it's Steppenwolf. He came to conquer Earth and he failed. In this version, Darkseid came to conquer Earth and he failed. And now, thousands of years later, Steppenwolf is trying to get back into Darkseid's 
good graces by conquering the planet that Darkseid never could and then bringing him the unity so that Darkseid can, I think it's the anti-life equation so he can wipe out all life in the universe. So yeah. there is a bit more of a motivation, but I don't, it's so, it's so surface level. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, but in this one, he says anti-life equation and we right. see Darkseid. That's the big difference. In the other one, it's just generic alien villain. But in this one, it's, look, it's stuff that we know. It's stuff from DC that we know. Because yeah. that's another thing that people say they love about this is how much more extra, you know, DC uh, references are. To me, they're just shoehorned in. Uh, having the Martian Manhunter shoehorned into this film, especially the first sequence with him, is just pointless. So can I can I can I talk about that, please? <laughs> please tell me about the Martian Manhunter, or okay. or how you feel about the Martian Manhunter. In the 2017 version, the scene between Diane Lane and Amy Adams is terrible. It's obvious. It's Joss Whedon's worst writing. It's the stuff that people hate about his writing. It's just like supposed to be funny and cutesy and relatable, and they both just it's awful. It's an awful scene. This version, uh, Martha comes to Lois's apartment. And I actually was really... Danny, why did you say that name? <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it the first you time. Had to, Mark, I got you had to do it. Um, I really liked that scene. I was like, this is a much better scene. Like, this is... this Like, Martha saying things like, everyone's mourning him, like, for all these different reasons and attaching all this meaning to him. And I just have to mourn him as my son. I'm like, okay, this is, like, the kind of, like, deconstructing superhero stuff that works. And then Martha leaves, and it wasn't Martha. It was the Martian Manhunter who is... It's revealed that the Martian Manhunter is Harry Lennox's character from the first two movies. That wasn't set up at all. There is nothing in those two movies that indicates that he is the Martian Manhunter. Someone asked Zack Snyder, is that guy the Martian Manhunter? And Zack Snyder cutely went, I don't know. That's not setting up. That's outside the movie. And fans just doing the work themselves. So the scene that I found actually kind of emotional and I'm like, oh, this is a nice, meaningful human scene is immediately, immediately ruined by the fact that it's a shoehorned DC cameo that hints at Lois's importance in the epic saga that will continue after this movie. Right. And, and and that's the Martian Manhunter's character in this is that he, th- there is the threat of the earth being destroyed and the Justice League is like being hobbled together by Batman. And his decision is not to join the Justice League to help them in the fight, but it's to push Lois Lane to be a reporter again, because that's what the world needs in that. Not to say that that's, I'm not diminishing Lois Lane's importance. Uh, journalism is very important as journalists love to remind themselves about, but, uh, or, or to remind everyone about, but in that moment, that was his priority was going to check in on Lois Lane as a different, why didn't he just be that character? She knew that character. It really is. It's a great scene. I liked that. It was such a good scene. It's like, a, it's Martha checking in on the woman who would have been her daughter-in-law. They have such a unique relationship now and it's just ruined. And I'm sure that the fans of this movie don't care because the Martian Manhunter is now in the movie. That's all and that matters. I th- and that's all that matters. That is all that matters. It doesn't make any sense. Zack Snyder's storytelling, it ultimately does not make sense. His movies do not hold together. And that's just a small example of 
okay, cool, but that now has negated both the scene we just saw and adds nothing to the movie we're watching. Right, right. And the third issue I find very consistent between both versions that this one actually, I think, does worse is the deus ex machina at the end. There are now two deus ex machinas at the end. So the first film, uh, Superman is, you know, God, there's nothing I love to see in a superhero movie than seeing a dead superhero dug from their grave and their dead, lifeless body resurrected. That's, that is heroism. That is hope right there. Um, and that's not a Joss Whedon thing. That's and that's not a Joss Whedon thing. They both did it, which as a quick tangent, uh, the Batman v Superman ends. The final frame is some sort of suge- suggestion that Superman is still alive. Yes. His casket, their little rocks are floating above it. And in the versions of the, com- I'm not super familiar with the death and return of Superman from the comics, but it is not the Justice League digging his grave and throwing his lifeless body in a pool of water and then electrocuting the water to get him to come back to life. It's terrible. Yeah. It's, it's, it's to give the illusion that, that they've tried everything, but now they need to turn to Superman. There's that moment where they're all looking at the hologram and the flash is like, am I going to say it? I guess I'll just say it. And the, the Hans Zimmer Superman theme, you know, starts up and you're supposed to feel something. And I, I feel nothing. Cause I'm like, this Superman does not instill me with hope and truth and justice. I'm afraid of this Superman. And like you said, it's implied that he's going to resurrect himself. But again, that shot was just in there so that fans would go, well, oh, I bet Superman comes back to life in the next movie. It, it doesn't actually have a purpose. It's just, it's just a, it's just an image. And that's one thing, you know, Zack Snyder is better at, I don't like his, the color palettes of his movies. I just find them very off putting. Um, It works for some movies. It doesn't, I mean, the 2017 version, when they changed the color palette, that also looks terrible. Both of these movies look very ugly. Yeah. Zack Snyder is good at sort of, um, shot composition like he's good at like staging things and that's something that i think people always bring up in comparison to the marvel movies because the marvel movies are very like it's just kind of like standard almost like tv filming so sure Zack snyder's shots look more cinematic but nothing cinematic is happening in them and i think that's a perfect example dirt uh quivering on the top of a coffin but it's just that that's all it is it just means something in the moment and then it's done he is good at capturing like what would you what you would call in a comic a splash page oh, yeah. shot. Yeah, you know th- there are multiple shots of Batman in this that look tremendous. So, but like you said, there's nothing really happening. It's just an it's basically just a picture. Uh, there's no movement. He's just very good at framing it, and there's no purpose to them. Yes. But, so, but so the Superman resurrection aside, um, both movies still have a variation of they're trying to defeat steppenwolf they can't do it superman shows up and then it's like a joke he is so much stronger than steppenwolf there's no contest so this one's doing that and i'm like okay it's the same thing whatever at least they're trying to reestablish superman he seems to be having a bit more fun whatever um why is he wearing the dark suit other than it's a thing we know i don't know 
I'm going to leave that aside for now too, to finally get to this point. So not only do they have the same Deus Ex Machina, they then shoehorn in, oh no, we actually fail, but the Flash is going to travel through time to fix the failure, which just from a screenwriting perspective, that sets such a dangerous precedent that he's able to essentially do that at any moment. So he just does it here with like no consequence. And it's thrown in again, simply for the fans who are familiar with DC comics and know that the flash has that ability it for your like general movie going on. It's like, what sense when can he, they sort of allude to it earlier. He says something like, if I go so fast, I can break the sound barrier or whatever. But that was a very common criticism in the first iteration of this cut, the theatrical version, Superman shows up and it's just like the day is saved because he is just too powerful and overwhelms Steppenwolf. So in this one, it's like, well, we can't do just that. So we then have to have the flash use his like most, you know, I guess like deep cut to the fans. Yeah. The power. thing fans yeah. want to see, but never do because a mainstream audience will, like you say, say, I thought he just runs fast. Yeah, exactly. So the, the main issues that are there with the 2017 version are still here, which is unsurprising. I mean, they made a movie. And again, not to go way into the weeds in this, but Zack Snyder made this movie the way he wanted to make it, essentially. As he's making the film, Batman v Superman is released to audiences who resoundly reject the film, other than his little pocket of fanboys. It's a cult film. It's a cult. It is, it's a cult film. It, it absolutely is. I mean, I guess we're members of that cult in a way because... God, I, I w- maybe we'll rank them all later on. I would much rather watch Batman v Superman than this, even though it's maybe worse if I'm being objective. But whatever, I'd rather watch it. Um, but but that movie is just so wrong. You say this all the time. It makes every wrong decision, and as you established earlier, it essentially makes Superman a monster and Batman a fascist. And we're now supposed to kind of forget that. And like you said, rely more on, you know, yeah, I know that movie was kind of doing its own thing. But but Superman is this. Superman is hope. Superman is optimism. And Batman is, you know, he's jaded. He's a little rough around the edges, but he's such a hero and, and never kills. And you're, you're they're solely relying on your ideas of what these characters to be in order for this one to work. And that's the flaw with the theatrical cut. And that's the flaw with this one. And why anyone was expecting anything nominally different with this bloated extended edition. It baffles me. I, when I saw all these pictures and talk of the black suit Superman, I thought that in Zack Snyder's cut, uh, uh, Steppenwolf resurrected Superman. Cause I didn't watch any of the trailers for this. So I don't know if like I was going in with ideas that like were really stupid because the trailers disproved them. So I don't know about that, but I thought it was because he was a bad guy for a little bit and they have to win him back over. And by doing that, he realizes how much of a human he is, blah, 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 blah. No, it's just, it's very telling to me that Zack Snyder will not do a classic Superman movie and give Superman classic Superman moments. He'll only do it if Superman gets to wear a black suit. And that seems to be the thing. It's when, when he's like being this sort of mopey, uncertain, what do I do? He's in the classic Superman outfit. He never does anything. And then at the end of this movie, he finally does Superman stuff. He punches aliens that are trying to take over the world, but it's in a black suit. 
because that's cooler. Because it looks more awesomer. Yeah, and he he comes to the black suit as he walks through the Kryptonian ship. He's just walking through his closet. It's for for two minutes. It's we're we're watching this epic uh, uh, fight between good and evil. But let's quickly follow Carrie Bradshaw as she tries to pick out what shoes she wants to wear. Like, what are we doing? (laughs) Why Why is this how Superman? Uh, has decided to wear the black suit because he just is like, oh, that looks good. So there's no there's no meaning to the black suit. There's no uh, thematic, uh, nothing's attached to it. It's just, it's black, so it looks cooler. What's even, everything you just said is 100% accurate and true. You only left out one part. All of that was made so much worse by the fact that he fucking walks by the traditional Superman suit. It's yes. right there. It's like, there it is. Why aren't you wearing that? There, and there is absolutely no story purpose. You could have, the story purpose could have even been, well, his, his, you know, suit got ruined when he was impaled in the fucking heart by a monster from, you know, what? It, it, okay. So he doesn't have that suit anymore. And there's the black suit. That would have been something. It's, it's pointless, but it at least would have been something. He even walks by the classic red and blue Superman suit in this. So there is absolutely no reason. And then for him to, uh, as a character, be more lighthearted and the the Superman that we kind of know, but wearing a black suit is just wrong. It's all wrong. I and think no one stopped this man. I, I feel like it's like, that's the key. You know what I mean? Like that thing that, that super the black suit i think is like the it's like it is the the cornerstone of this whole thing it's just he just wants things to look cool mm-hmm. that is zack snyder's overarching drive and purpose if you listen to his commentaries if you watch his interviews it's he just wants things to look cool this looks cool i thought it would be cool if I think it's cool that, and that's it. And for people who are like that, they're like, yeah, it does. That is cool. But for a general audience, that's, we just want to see, we just want to see Superman. We just want to see Superman save an old lady on a bus and be kind and friendly. We don't want this like brooding. He looks like, he looks terrifying when his, when his heat vision, uh, when he when he activates his heat vision, he looks like a terrifying Lovecraftian monster, and it's Superman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it, he every time he's on screen, I'm nervous. He makes me <laughs> easy. I'm not kidding. Every time I, right. Superman appears in in that movie, Superman especially because that's you've already experienced Man of Steel. I feel very like, what's he gonna do? <laughs> like, I don't feel safe around Superman, which is a problem. <laughs> These, these comic book movies are made exclusively for a specific type of, of guy, of dude. Yeah. yeah. Not, I, I'm, I hate, I'm, I know I'm generalizing. I know I'm generalizing, but I think, I think it's fair to say these How are made you. for a particular type of dude, not for children, not for general audiences. Oh, for sure. No, for sure. And I, I, I was tricked a bit when I first saw Man of Steel. I knew it was wrong. I could feel it inside my, I said, something's wrong, but it was like, I think it was as simple as Christopher Nolan's name was on it. And the Hans Zimmer score is excellent and tricks you into feeling emotion. It's pulling you along uh, the way that you're supposed to feel about Superman. 
that I, I just couldn't believe it was as bad as it was initially. It was like, it was just like shocking. And the more time I, you spend with this version, it's, it's, it's unbelievable just how wrong it is from start to finish. And that's why the 2017 theatrical cut, I at least, it is a hodgepodge mess and it also feels wrong and it's incredibly lackluster to be the first Justice League movie you ever see in a theater is that. It's like, wow, that how did we let this come into theaters? But at least Joss Whedon recognized what was wrong and tried to fix it. And it didn't work because like you said, you know, they tried to like brighten up the colors of the suits and it, it doesn't fit with the rest of the tone of, of the look of the movie. Um, but you know, he tried to make Superman more like Superman, even to the point of Danny Elfman utilizing the John Williams Superman score and the Danny in uh, his own Batman mm-hmm. score. And it's like, because they're just trying to get you to feel the way again, that you should feel about how these characters. Um, so it's very artificial, but I, at least I, I remember when I left the justice league in the theater, I knew, I knew it wasn't a great movie, but I said, you know, at least it was just nice to see Superman be Superman and show up and save the day and, you know, give that sense of optimism. And and I did like some of the jokes. Some of the lines were a little lame and, and some of the humor, you know, now especially feels a little outdated, uh, knowing what we know about Joss Whedon. But it, it felt like it, it tried. It said, we're going to just make what we can of this piece of shit and just salvage it as best as we can. Yes, yes. I, when I, I watch that movie and I think that's, and this goes for all of the post Snyder DC movies with Birds of Prey obviously being an exception because it's rated R. Um, but I watch all those movies, Aquaman. I know we differ on Aquaman. That's also a separate podcast. Mm. Aquaman, Shazam, and the Justice League. I'm like, I would, you know, I could watch these movies with my kids, you know, and they'd enjoy it in the moment. And then when they rewatch them old, they'd be like, oh boy, that Justice League movie's terrible. Because um, it is. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's like you said, it's just two hours and there's a, just a, a hint of fun, just a tiny hint. There's no fun in this, in this movie. And to me, it's like the second I, the second I reached the um, equivalent scene where Steppenwolf is questioning uh, people, which is also, I mean, that's the same basic thing. It's a, a, a building in a sewer. Like it's the same dumb action. Mm-hmm. Scene. Like it's no, it's not any cooler. It's just in slow motion and the music's better. That's that's the only difference. But when I when the Steppenwolf doesn't say when he just says something like "I will rain down a hundred blood clouds upon your children," like that's what he says, and I'm like, okay, so we're just gonna this is gonna be the movie. We're just gonna completely suck any any uh, any fun out of what should be an incredibly fun movie. This should be a blast. It's the, the Justice, Justice League. League. They are yeah. better than the Avengers. The Justice League is, is better. They're cooler. They look better. It should and, be so much fun. And it's unfortunate that these are the first movies we get in an attempt at a DC universe because I hear, like, let, let's, you know, you, we are certainly not mainstream general audience given how in the weeds we've already talked about this. But, yeah. uh, like, at work today, I meant, you know, what'd you do this weekend? Well, uh, Sunday, I watched the Justice League movie. I started it at 10 a.m. and finished it at 9 p.m. Uh, as I, I was not kidding, I started with coffee and ended with beer, and it was a struggle. But the response was, yeah, you know, I, I, like, I like the Marvel characters. I don't like the DC characters. And 
you know, just to make small talk, I go, oh yeah, yeah, I see that. But in my mind, I'm like, well, it's not that they don't let not like the DC characters and like the Marvel characters. The Marvel characters have just been better explored in their respective film series than this recent, you know, Snyder verse, whatever you want to call it. That's the problem. I mean, these characters are better characters. I, I mean, just look at the history of pop culture. It's like no one knew who Iron Man was or, or that Thor was essentially until these movies came out. Everyone knew Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, at least a little bit. You can name like one or two things. Yeah, even those two, I would agree. But in the wrong hands, they've just been handled so, so poorly. And yeah, I I, I don't want to compare the, the series too, too much. But if you look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, by the time you get to the Avengers, the four major characters all had their own standalone origin story. Now, maybe you don't need a Batman origin story because there had already been, you know, so many different iterations and everybody knows who Batman is. But by the time you get to the Justice League movie, you had a Wonder Woman and a Superman origin story. That was it. And the Wonder Woman story was a minute before, whereas Cyborg and the Flash and Aquaman don't. And I, again, I think an improvement in the 2017 version is okay, if you're putting these characters in without having their own movie, we're not going to have a built-in origin story in a Justice League movie. And this one does that with Cyborg. And like, it was okay, but it, it just didn't... It, it The movie comes to a screeching halt anytime they cut to any of the Cyborg backstory or Flash or Aquaman. And when they cut to the Cyborg stuff, I, I was thinking, okay... Now I kind of, like, if I was Ray Fisher, I also would be super pissed because his entire part got gutted from the theatrical cut. Like, no pun I mean, intended. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the theatrical cut, I'm like, oh, my God, this is a terrible character. This actor isn't that good. No, he's a good actor. They just, they cut all of his scenes down to the point where his only lines were, like, lines that no one can deliver well. So I did. I didn't mind the cyborg stuff, but I do agree. It's it's don't th- th- make a cyborg movie. Yeah, but they yeah. can't do that because people don't care about cyborg. Let's put cyborg in the movie, and we'll just it's he, he goes through a whole movie while while another movie is happening. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. It's like, like, so I understand why Ray Fisher has been so upset about the way he was treated because his all his work ended up on the cutting room floor, but it has nothing to do with Justice League. The 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 big if this was a TV show yeah but it's a movie and it just it it takes all the momentum this movie already has a problem with pacing and with the, it, everything is done so slowly and deliberately and then just when you think we're about to kind of get into some you know superheroes fighting parademons it's and this is what it was like when his dad didn't come to the football game and then this yeah. it's just like. Yes, this character is now interesting, and I now kind of feel something as opposed to just being, oh, look, it's the robot guy. But it's just still not, it's not built into the larger story in an elegant way. It's really clumsy. You don't necessarily need all of them to have an origin story because the Marvel movies have also separately introduced characters in movies, and then later they get their story. Sort of like Wonder Woman and Batman v Superman. That was actually something that was sort of executed well, e- even in this series. You know, I'm thinking of like 
Black Panther and Captain America Civil War, Wanda Maximoff uh, in mm-hmm. Age of Ultron, directed, written and directed by Joss Whedon. So um, you can do these things, Hawkeye basically in the Avengers. Um, but for Cyborg to then be such a pivotal character, at least in this version, like you said, it's almost like there's a movie within a movie and it just did not flow. And the editing in this was so poor. It's for me, editing is sort of like, um, background like you shouldn't notice it when it's well done you don't you don't really ever go like oh that was a really well edited movie unless, unless you're something yeah <laughs> unless, unless if it's something like like a born movie or something where you can really notice like oh that was really well done um bad editing stands out and there was a lot of that in this not only with just an in individual scenes how long I, I think one that stood out for me was uh, i think the first scene with commissioner gordon when he's in the police barracks or maybe, I don't know. I think it might be, no, no, I apologize. It's when the flash leaves, the camera mm-hmm. just hangs on Jim Gordon and you're waiting for like a one liner or something. Nothing happens. It just holds on him as he's moving his face and then cut to the next scene. It's like, wh- what did you just need to pad this to be over four hours? Again, I think it just goes to, it's his indulgence, you know, I mean, the, the music in this is, is better. Danny Elfman phoned it in in 2017. This music is better, but there's only, it's so repetitive. It's just choral. It, it just gets combined with the way the movie's edited. And the this is like, this is Zack Snyder's Into Darkness in that J.J. Abrams went way overboard with lens flare in that movie to the point where he's like, okay, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> this was like Zack Snyder going like way overboard with slow motion. It's like the whole movie felt like it was in slow motion Um, and it didn't need to be. I think it just gives the illusion of look how much more important this is because it's in slow motion. It's like, it's literally that simple. It's slow motion makes things more important. That's the only reason it's in there. It doesn't add anything to the story. Well, it added a lot to the story during the football game when it was slow motion. That looked tremendous. Did it? (laughs) Maybe it did. I don't think it did. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. I think that, that was a standout. It's like, okay, Zack Snyder, now, we're now filming a football game. Can you just yeah. dial it back and let's just... Well, that it makes it hard to relate to this. It makes it hard to relate to Victor when we don't see him as just like playing football in a normal football game. He's playing football in a Zack Snyder football game. It's like, okay, so he's all. I'm all already detached because... He's just being moved across this like rainy palette by Zack Snyder. I, I'm already like, is this a character? I don't feel anything. Yeah. You know? It's just like, it sets him up. I mean, with the, the flash, the flash is slow motion saving. It's like, this does not, we do not need to be lingering on this as much as we are. Like, this is just, it's exhausting. Watching this movie is exhausting. Yeah, I, I hated the Flash in this. I oh, that was another thing that I read is uh, that this was a funnier that they loved the humor in this version of the film. And there are so, f- first of all, there are so few attempts at humor, yeah. and then within those attempts at humor, many of them misfire. Yes, it I just the tone is just terrible. Yes, I think almost all of the attempts at humor misfire. Um, the only scene that made me laugh is Diana and Alfred making tea. That was funny. I, that Because, of course, it was good because that's the only character 
in this movie that you like. And then the only actor in this movie, that's, you know, a real actor. So it, it helps. That's why that's the best scene. But yeah, I, I mean, I, like I hate the brunch stuff from the 2017 movie. That's so stupid. So I was glad that that wasn't in this. I, I'm like, okay, I knew that was a Joss Whedon thing. But The Flash has some, I think his his one-liners in 2017 are funnier. I do. I, I do. Dostoevsky to the Russian family. Like that Russian family is... is I'm glad they're gone. Yeah, you're glad they're gone? I'm glad they're gone. I think yeah, I agree, but... As a as a one liner, Barry thinking that Dostoevsky is how you say goodbye—that's funny. Or when Superman is looking really intimidating, and they're all looking at him, and the Flash asks, um, "Should we show him our bellies?" Like all these weird—it just shows that he's like a—he's a weird kid. That's that's all missing in this. I mean, I I guess I'll take the brunch stuff if it means I get Dostoevsky. <laughs> That is a good joke. And I do like, and I don't know who filmed it. I, I guess Snyder might have filmed it, but I do like when uh, Bruce Wayne asks Aqua or says Aquaman, so you talk to fish. Like, yes. It's like the uh, Aquaman is the most ridiculous superhero. Let's make a little joke about him. But in this one, the village sings him a song when he leaves for 37 minutes in a never ending sequence that I think the first half of this movie, there are like three or four sequences set to a song, uh, whether it's diegetic or non-diegetic sound. And they're all equally pointless and boring. And again, bring the momentum of the movie to a screeching halt. Yes. There's one with Aquaman. uh, There's one with uh, Lois. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there are four scenes in the first half of this with Lois where she walks and doesn't say anything or do anything. She's just walking. No, she buys coffee for that cop. She buys coffee for the cop. And then she, yeah, there's an Easter egg spoiler where she had a pregnancy test in her drawer where I read like, Ooh, that was thrown in there as a, that was like in the center of the frame and they held on it for 20 <laughs> minutes. So. That's Did you not broken, see it? That's broken me. That's on the internet as an Easter egg. I yeah, I've seen it. Like, ooh, Zack Snyder confirmed that this means that she's pregnant. And did did Eagle Eye viewers catch the pregnancy? It's in the center of the frame. It's for for hours. That 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 was that was one chapter was just that image. Oh my goodness. So I'm t- I, I think I'm on a different, I'm in the multiverse. I'm on like Earth 19 reading what, what people <laughs> think about this movie. It's like, did we watch the same thing? I, yeah. you, have been, you have been tricked. And I think, you know, again, going full circle to what we opened with, I, you know, I think Zack Snyder, as much as I, I feel badly because he seems like a, a decent human being. He really he, does. He had a very terrible thing happen to him, obviously. And then Joss Whedon seems like a scumbag, uh, a very unlikable person, uh, which I mean, there was, there's always been an arrogance about him that I've, that you can just tell in interviews. But so I wasn't surprised to hear about some of this behavior, but if you're talking about them as filmmakers, uh, I'm sorry, I'm taking Joss Whedon's work in television and film overall than I am Snyder's. It's like, and, and I think that's why so many people have latched onto this version is that the the 2017 version was bad. It, you know, it went away. It made no money. It was an utter failure. And then this, at least, yes, I will grant it. 
it it was a vision. It was a more cohesive overall story, uh, even though the narrative is interrupted by, you know, all of these individual character moments. But like the second half, especially, it, do, it I will say it does flow a bit better. I agree um, with that. I, I I agree. But that's it. That's all I can say for this. I, I can't give it anything more than that. The thing is, there's really not a lot to talk about. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people. <laughs> As we just spent an hour <laughs> talking well, about. No, but I mean, like, there's gonna be people are gonna make. There's people who are gonna make like ten YouTube videos about this. There's gonna be endless discussions on endless. There's not like there's nothing in this movie. There's no there's no substance, um, and I think it's just a matter of taste. Do you want to watch the soulless corporate product that's te- that's bad, or do you want to watch someone's unique uh, to them bad? You know, it's like do you want to watch the Rise of Skywalker or the Phantom Menace? I think that it's like that's the situation. I think. Mm. I guess in this situation, I would rather watch the soulless corporate cash grab. Yeah. Than, than this because I just it's it's physically tiring to sit through this movie like and like we said especially that first half is is dreadful and it uh, feels so long I didn't know how how I was going to like get through it I, I remember thinking like this is and then you're right the, the second two hours redeems it until until the epilogue which is what we're going to talk about now <laughs> We have to. I, I'll say just one quick thing because I think this will lead into the epilogue. But again, I, I said it like right at the start of this is un- I think Zack Snyder had this false bravado because he he knew that the first one wasn't well received and he it like gave him in his mind this mandate to well now I can do whatever I want and it's like so Zack Snyder e. The other thought that crossed my mind was, was this is technically so the plan was that he was going to make two Justice League movies. Yeah. So is your understanding because it's my understanding especially because we will get into the epilogue this was still just the first part. Correct. This is just part 1 wow. of his two part Justice League story. The epilogue is is what I think he intended. That's why Darkseid's featured so heavily in this movie is because he's the villain in the part two of the Justice League. Which looks like they're doing sort of like the Injustice uh, video game storyline, which, hey, that that's pretty neat if it, again, in the right is, hands. Is that Superman as a villain? Is that what? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, Superman is already a villain, so that doesn't really work. But... Um, I, 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 sorry, I do have one one other thought before we talk about the sure. epilogue in, in the terms of like how Zack Snyder approaches these characters. You know, Superman is a good guy, but he has to be in a black suit. Batman has to be like a badass fascist. The Aqu- Aquaman, they did something with his eyes in this movie. Like you can't, they're like white or glowing. He seems a little inhuman. And of course, Wonder Woman violently throws people against walls in the in her opening action scene. Um, their blood splatters across the across the floor, and then two seconds later, she tells a little girl, "You could be anything you want." And I like that line, but it was undercut by the fact that she just violently murdered a bunch of people. And she can't yeah. be Wonder Woman. Yes, I, it's like that message is so on the note. I said, I when that yeah. line was said, I said, "No, she can't." I mean, she. Can't. <laughs> I know what they're saying, but it's like yeah. she, I, she's a superhuman. That's true. That's but true. I know, but I, I'm overall supportive <laughs> of the message. But that it's is like, true. That says, "Can I be like you?" And Diana says, "You can be anything you want." So maybe it's Diana politely saying, 
no, you can't be like me. You can be like, you can be anything you want. Right. And then at the end of the movie, of course, Superman has to tear off one of Steppenwolf's horns and then Diana beheads him and his, his, his bleeding uh, head rolls into apocalypse. It's like, yeah, this is not what I want out of a Justice League movie. I don't want decapitations and blood splatters. Like, no, thank you. Diana also going back to that opening scene with her. Yeah. So what I, what I really wanted to see also in a superhero movie was a character take up a firearm to shoot a bunch of innocent children to then only say, Hmm, this gun isn't big enough or badass enough looking. So I'm going to drop it and pick up a larger gun. And then I'm going to change the setting of the gun to firing single round versus semi-automatic or automatic, whatever. I don't know my terminology. That's really what I want to see in a superhero movie. And then when he's empty and Diana moves at super fast, like flash like speed to stop every single bullet Instead of running up to this man and punching him down, she does her move where she blows up an entire building that causes all of this property damage and obliterates this man, which I mean, he had it coming, but, but still it's like, do I want my superhero or do I want Diana to just knock him out and not murder him? and be a superhero, you know? Exactly. And I think that goes back to who this movie is made for. Um, I, find Zack Snyder's attempts to make these movies relevant to our times. I can understand why that works for some people. I always find it very distasteful. The, the, the nine 11 imagery in Batman v Superman makes my skin crawl. I, I think like, I'm not someone who says this a lot. I'm like, that's, that's offensive. Like that is like, and then brandishing a weapon at school children. No, 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 no. That's in poor taste. I, you don't need you don't need that in this movie. But for the fans of this movie, that's the kind of stuff they want because they want to feel like they're watching an adult important film. Right. right. The thing is, this was our most anticipated movie. Ironically, for a lot of his fans, this is the only movie they're going to watch this year. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. of course, of course, everything rides on these movies for them. They only watch certain movies, and for them, this was the movie. It has to be good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I agree. It's it's just like in poor taste, and yeah, it just it makes your skin crawl. And and we were disappointed in this. I think I, I'm speaking for myself at least, as I was anticipating this for having it be good, bad. Like to me, Batman v Superman is so bad it's good. This one is just is just so bad that it's bad, and it's not yes. something that I want to experience again. One hundred percent agree. I don't want to watch. I I've only watched Man of Steel twice. I've, I'm not going to watch this again. I think I've seen Batman v Superman like 25 times. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite movies because every decision is wrong, making it perfect. <laughs> so after you saw this epilogue, you're telling me you didn't want to see Zack Snyder's Justice League part two? I mean, again, for anyone who has seen Batman v Superman and maybe hasn't seen this yet, the epilogue is back to that sort of Western Mad Max future where Batman wears a duster, which is dumb, but it looks cool. Uh, the Flash is in battle armor. Deathstroke is there and he's got a mohawk and Amber Heard is there, which shouldn't she be like dead? Cause it's not the ocean, but whatever. Um, and she's got a British accent in this movie, which I noticed. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and obviously his vision of Aquaman was different because 
Willem Dafoe's character has that long, like seaweed hair. And then the other one, he's got the, the little orange top knot. So, and the Joker is their ally? Is, is that, that's famous suggesting they need the Joker's help to beat Superman? I played the Injust the first Injustice game years ago when it came out. And mm-hmm. um and I and I'm sure there are comics about this too. I I, I don't know if Injustice was a totally uh original story, but I believe that is one of the plot points. And I don't know how. Um I also think this is sort of merging with I don't know, have you read read the Grant Morrison Justice League run from like the late nineties? No, I haven't. I like rock of ages, I think is a storyline. Oh um, yeah. I think there's something there too, where it's, you know, like uh, the world gets turned into apocalypse basically. And they have to, I, I think there's some element of time travel. Um, I also think Neil Gaiman's Sandman comes into play somehow or uh, not, uh, or dream dream. Yeah. I think there's something there. So I know there's an all, like all sorts of entities get together to save the world, whatever, Um, which I'm sure works well in a comic. I know that that's a great comic story. And I know those video games are very well received. Yeah. Um, Like I said, I'm sort of, I I've kind of played it a little bit and I know Lois dies. Superman becomes evil and becomes like a slave to apocalypse. So it's like, that's what this is all that Lois dies, right? Like he messed up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we need another reason for Batman and Superman to be fighting. Like one wasn't enough, you know, I, so I don't know what the Joker would do, but speaking of laughable things that I've read on the internet about this movie, I have read that the scene with, Batman and Joker. Have you seen this also? I've seen it in so many places. It sickens me. Is the greatest live action sequence between the Batman and Joker of all time ever. But the people making that take obviously have never seen a movie with the characters Batman and the Joker in them. So that's why they're saying that. They actually don't know who these characters are. Correct. Maybe maybe that's why it works for them. Because they've never seen a Batman movie before. Like it's it's only been 13 years since the dark knight came out and you have a scene where these two are sitting at an interrogation table and you get their both of their entire worldviews and philosophies and perspective like you get like 70 years of comic history in a gorgeous uh, beautifully shot and acted sequence even this people one that don't like the nolan movies know that that scene is is a perfect Batman Joker scene. And then there's the scene at the end of the dark Knight. You and I are destined to do this forever. It's like two perfect interactions. Yep. Perfect. But this one is better because Batman says, I'm going to fucking <laughs> kill you because that's so fucking badass, Danny. Yeah. That, that why was it shot the way it was? That was like a punchline. That's Oh, why, why? I think it's because I don't think, I think Jared Leto came back. I think that's one of the stuff they filmed that Zack Snyder needed to do before they released this. I don't, I'm willing to bet that wasn't part of his original. Um, it's not, I can confirm that. Okay. I, okay. I did see a behind the scenes still of um, Zack Snyder was wearing a mask, um, not a superhero mask, a, a COVID-19 related yeah. mask. Uh, and that, you know, Batman was in the duster. So I know that scene, okay. obviously because of the whole, we live in a society thing that, that was a, that was never meant to be in this film. Yeah. 
And it wasn't in this movie. And it wasn't. And it wasn't, which then threw me off. I said, wait a minute. It's in the trailer. So then I actually, I suspected I missed it and I rewatched it and I said, oh, he doesn't even say it after all of that. Yeah. We live in a society was in the trailer and in a shocking twist, the Joker's lines are actually a lot worse in the film. Yeah. than that implies, um, yeah, it, it that's that's where I'm like, yeah, this is for this is for a certain type of dude who just like the, to to them this is dark and edgy and and means a lot and this Joker's real and oh my god he's so dangerous look what he did I still don't know what he did I think it's implied that he killed Robin I think that's basically what they're hinging on that you've read the comic where the Joker kills Robin. They did at least, yeah, if if you remember, Danny, in Batman v Superman, there at least is uh, the scene where Bruce has a, like a monument, not a monument, but he has the Batman, uh, or excuse me, the Robin suit that, you know, there's some sort of joke related thing on it. So the implication. I know, but he just looks at it. I know, I know. Just, uh, isn't there something about a newspaper too, or I don't even remember. There's some. There are a few different allusions to Joker killing Robin in Batman. Because in, in to, to go on a tangent, in The Dark Knight Returns, which actually came out before they killed off Jason Todd, which I never knew until a couple years ago. Yeah, I always thought it was after, but it was before. Frank Miller had Bruce look at um, Robin uh, Jason Todd's costume and say, never again. And you're like, what happened to Jason Todd? Like who hurt? Like, Oh my God. Like it, it implies like, okay, that's probably why he's retired. So because Zack Snyder pillaged that comic book for images, that's why that shot's in there. It's just him looking at Robin's suit, but we feel absolutely not. We've never met this Batman before. I don't know what Robin that's supposed to be. I don't know who this universe's Joker is. Right. It's just, it's a mess. And that's another thing we could go, we, we, we could spend so much time on all the wrong decisions, but another one was making Batman in his forties, having been at it for 20 something years, uh, but then not knowing his origin and what exactly happened in this version of the Batman and then having the flash be like 19 years old. Like it just, I, I could see if they made Batman like three years in, five years in, something like that. And but, but I, me- I remember one of the other ideas that Man of Steel suggested was that Superman was like the first hero, and he like inspired all these other heroes. So I naturally assumed Batman was going to come after, but uh, but then no, but Zack Snyder happened. Well, it's just people dotted across the world, and Lex Luthor gives them images so that he can organize them on his desktop, and they just decide to adopt those images. Because same with Lex Luthor, he's a good graphic designer. (laughs) Uh, I forget. I I actually think I purge out of my brain that Jesse Eisenberg was Lex Luthor, and then like this movie started, and I'm just like, oh my god, I I I, like forget that because there's so many other bad things. That might actually be like the singular worst thing in any of these movies is his casting. Eh, I, I guess it can't be worse than the general portrayal of Superman yeah, Batman. I mean, but his cast, like the way he's playing it, he should be playing like the Joker or the Riddler. Um, he doesn't. He feels like a Batman villain. But I, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty terrible. But it's just there's so much else. To- I know. I know. Uh, speaking of, I, I think Jared Leto is is garbage as the Joker. Oh my god. His laugh is terrible. He he's doing his Jared Leto thing. Um, I applaud them for not redoing Heath Ledger or any other iteration, but I his iteration sucks. 
Yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's like, what do you do with that after a certain point? And so, so do you think this this nightmare sequence is this has gone down so well, or he knew this was going to go down so well with his fans, and now because the new hashtag is now hashtag restore the Snyder verse. Yes. So we see the Snyder cut, and no one could have uh, called this. The fans now want another thing. Mm-hmm. I never saw that coming. Now it's like, okay, thank you. Now, now make uh, things different. Now, now pretend that the because David F. Sandberg, James Wan, um, they get like you know they get harassed on Twitter every time they talk about their movies because their movies ruined Zack Snyder's vision. Oh. Shazam ruined. Batman v Superman, Aquaman ruined Batman v Superman and, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. So now, now his fans are okay, but you need to now you need to make all the movies we want to see. Right. And it's like I, I'm happy that I know that not all the fans are like toxic assholes. Like I know that's not the case. Right. Um, he even called out some. I think in a they they were doing a stream for raising money, and he called them out. He basically said one group like does not represent his views, and he does not think they have a place in uh, a discussion about superheroes. But of course now it's like, now it's another sort of demand that'll be turned into a, a movement and it will turn into a whole other round of debating and arguing all over these, these comic book characters that ultimately it doesn't matter. <laughs> like It doesn't matter. These are for children. <laughs> no, it's the most important thing in our society to quote it's, a great man, Mike Stoklaus. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. What does he say? He says that these are, these were thrown, these were made in the thirties to sell bubblegum ads. And now it's the most important thing in our culture. <laughs> exactly. And it's true. I, I didn't recognize the woman's name. Um, she's either the head of Warner brothers or a higher up, but bless her. Uh, they asked her today or recently, do you plan on continuing with this Snyder verse? And she said, no, <laughs> no, no, it was a trilogy. It's over. We've moved on. Yes. Um, but a, that's the answer. Now, if HBO max, uh, has a billion new subscribers and if this gets gangbuster views, which I, I wonder if it, I would love if it didn't, um, even though we were two of them, but I, a part of me wonders if, you know, there's all this buzz just because it's a loud, loud minority of people who love these movies that, sure, maybe they get a few subscribers um, and, you know, the views are there for all the people who wanted to see it. But I will say, I am hearing from people who I didn't even know, like, knew any of these movies. And they're like, hey, what's the Snyder Snyderbert? Like, what is this all about? Exactly. So they have marketed this brilliantly. It's like... They they hired a guy who made a movie that was terrible, and he made it so bad that they had someone else come in to rewrite it, and then through other circumstances, directed newer scenes. They released a hodge-together Frankenstein monster, and because of this loud minority, they said, all right, well, hey, we could try it on streaming. You know, sure. Maybe it'll help our business with HBO Max. You know, We're eventually going to have some of these DC movies come out on HBO Max. Let's, let's, let's give them a few. What, what have we got to lose? This movie's already been a disaster. But right. it's like now it's being presented as, as, as if like, like something stopped this version from happening. Something did stop this version from happening. It sucked. 
and they stopped yes. it. They stopped like so now you have this like retcon of this wasn't, you know, the studio interfering with Ridley Scott's version of Blade Runner by insisting on a narration voiceover. Um and this wasn't like, you know, I I can't think of another really all of these director version they're they're more or less nominally a slight improvement or a little bit worse even there there are very few director's cuts that are actually serve any purpose Ridley Scott has has made most of them yeah yeah no one I don't think anyone would say they prefer any of Francis Ford Coppola's redone versions of Apocalypse Now the first one was fine in fact it was perfect and so uh I think this is just that. I think I, I definitely sympathize with the position that it's great when an artist gets to do gets to complete their work. So I'm happy for Zack Snyder as a guy and an artist. He got to finish his story, but you're right. He was not, he, he just, he didn't have the energy to, to, to fight back and fight for his vision in 2017 because he had to deal with a, 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 a terrible tragedy, but they, but before that happened, like you said, the movie, they already were like, we don't like this movie. We don't like what you did with this movie. It was all, it was, this movie, this wasn't going to come out in 2017. If not, if, if uh, no uh, changes had happened, if, if uh, Zack Snyder didn't have that, that terrible loss, if Joss Whedon didn't come in, this is still not the movie that would have come out in 2017, even if he did see it through to the end. This only came out because of this very unique uh, time that we're living in with streaming and you can you can market things to you can make money by marketing to just the group that likes it yeah yeah so but that's your general audience isn't going to know all of that they're going to just think they're not going to know the true sequence of events and they're going to think you know that this this guy's you know daughter committed suicide unfortunately so a different version of the film was made but it's like you said it's like no that was already happening and and again, it is a terrible thing, but it, it's it's neither of these movies are good. And I, I hope they leave it dead and buried like they should have left Superman dead and buried. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, if they see that money, then they're going to send the flash out there and they're going to yes. light another. I, I will if they if they let Snyder just make make your nightmare or uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Nightmare. Right. K.N.I.G.H. Make your nightmare movie. And it like doesn't connect to what we're doing. Yeah, whatever, fine. Well, what they're um, doing is also going to be bad too. Like their their plans for the Flashpoint paradox and bringing Michael Keaton back. Like it'll be great to see Michael Keaton, but that movie's going to suck as well. Yeah, that movie's been in development since before the Justice League was shot. I think so. That's like five, six years development hell. Yeah, and yeah, now oh, but we're going to bring in Michael Keaton. It's like ugh, God. It's just. They, they should just, they see, but the problem is they can't just restart it because Gal Gadot is great in the role of super, uh, oh my gosh, as Wonder Woman. Yes. And um, then, you know, and uh, Jason Momoa is, is good as Aquaman and that character is liked. So they're going to keep just, what I, I just hope they go back to just make a movie. And well, that's the thing who like, just keep Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Like forget continuity, forget what universe she's in. Mm-hmm. She's really good as Wonder Woman. She she is like it. She's like a th- throwback to Christopher to, to the Christopher Reeve days. Who plays Superman? Christopher Reeve, mm-hmm. and that's the guy that plays Superman. 
Who, who's Wonder Woman? Gal Gadot. Now it's like there's so many Batman. There's there's so many uh, ensemble teams, but Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. So just make more Wonder Woman movies, not like 1984, but make more <laughs> Wonder Woman movies. And who cares if they connect with this? Because the Wonder Woman that Zack Snyder wants to make is very different from the Wonder Woman that Patty Jenkins wants to make. And Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman is the character that people respond to. Right. Yeah. So, so they should just you, scrap. It. They should just. They should just keep what works. Keep keep the actors that work, and just just like you said, just make a movie. Just make one movie that's supposed to work on its own, which I think is what they're going for with this the, the Batman movie. And but but it's like, oh good, you're making a dark Batman. Excellent. We need that. You're making a standalone movie uh, with the character that's already had great standalone movies. Yeah, it's. Uh, and and we've the, the most revolutionary thing to do with Batman now, after all these years, after this arms race of who can be darker, is to do an Adam West Batman. That that would be the groundbreaking thing to do is to make the campiest, silliest, like super friends Saturday morning cartoon uh, Batman movie. But instead, he's got arrows on his gauntlets, and he it's just it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's yeah. A, it's all just a nightmare. That's that's the nightmare you want. It's it's, it's yeah. It's a night. It's it's awful. It's awful. Do you, do you think they will make the Zack Snyder nightmare if the numbers Absolutely. are gangbusters? Absolutely. Yeah, I do too. Like, I it's know. Going to happen, and um, yeah, it's going to be yeah. That they're. I don't know if it's how soon it will happen, but they will absolutely make a nightmare movie. The demand for it will be will be so loud. Yeah, as loud as Zack Snyder's movies. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, any final thoughts on this? <sighs> uh, it's, it's terrible. Unless you're weirdos like us or weirdos like Zack Snyder fans, don't watch this movie. This is not. I do like, not recommend this movie. This is not for people. This is for diehard Snyder fans. This is for curious DC fans who just kind of want to see their characters portrayed. And it's for weirdos like us who just are like, I want to check it out and because I'll probably hate it, but I want to see why I hate it. Yeah. If you're just a regular person who's like, oh, maybe it's better than the one I saw a couple years ago. It's not. It's terrible. It's awful. Yeah. If you awful. didn't like the one you saw a couple years ago, this is that times two and a half in length. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. It's a miserable cinematic experience. Uh, I will say, I, I will briefly just end this with, you're better off watching Falcon, the Falcon and the winter soldier, which I don't, I, whatever those two characters I've liked. Uh, I didn't like the idea of, of a show with them. Cause it's like, what else can you say? And then Marvel again, I watched the 42 minute uh, pilot and it's like, that was really good. They took both of those characters in directions. I didn't imagine. And I'm in, and, and that's, again, it's not so much that Marvel characters are better, but that studio just, they know how to make products and DC does not know right now how to make products. McDonald's hamburgers are not better than a hamburger that your dad grills at a barbecue. But you know what? McDonald's has been in business for like 70 years because <laughs> it works. Marvel's not going anywhere. Nope. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Nope. All right, but we will. That's where we will leave you. So yeah. thank you so much for listening to this. Uh, again, do not, we repeat, do not watch the Snyderverse. Keep it in its box. Do not release it. <laughs> yep, I agree with that completely.
you want to sell your death sticks? I don't want to sell your death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life? I want to go home and rethink my life.